Hey everyone, Trevor here with Red of the Leaf, and uh, I'm here in Toronto with Ryan. We're going to be having a little bit of conversation around his cannabis experience journal, as well as doing a live journaling with him, because I thought I'd surprise you with that and not mention it before we actually start recording. Okay, so. Sure. I'm excited to uh, sit down and showcase some of this dank Sinatra that I have from n next Friday. And I've okay. actually got some Planet of the Vape vaporizers in there that we can play with a little bit too, okay, just sure. for a different style of consumption while we sit down and chat cannabis today. Absolutely. There, we'll tilt that mic down for you. So Thank welcome you. for to hopping on the podcast. I'm glad that we got to get this arranged while I'm out here because it's so much more fun doing this in person than over Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for inviting me on. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity to come on and talk about the Cannabis Experience Journal and uh, what I've been up to and, and try some of these products. I don't think I've actually uh, tried any of these. So it should be quite interesting. Yeah, these are like for dry herb vaporizers and something a little bit different to smoke out of. They're, they're pretty fun tools, okay. actually. And I think it'd be just a little bit of a different way to uh, enjoy some of the flower that we've got here. Because there's actually three different vaporizers that I've got from these oh, guys. Wow. So we can play with them quite a bit while we're uh, sure, chatting sure. today. Okay. But let's start things off talking about your cannabis experience journal. Let's Absolutely. get a little bit of history on that so everyone knows what we're talking about and what we're referencing. Sure. But we're actually reviewing this product today. So basically, um, uh, when legalization was on the dawn, I was going to um, these recreational cannabis dispensaries and I tried the strain that they didn't write the name down on the bag. So basically, I, I love this, this strain that I tried. I love the flavor, the smell, the buzz. Um, but I had to go and find out what it was now. So going back to these dispensaries, I tried a whole bunch of different kinds. And eventually, the strain came around. And once it came around, I made sure to write it down. And the strain was Romulan. Then from there, you know, I, for me, I work full time as a PSW in the Toronto community and the uh, pandemic was a real stressful time for me. I was looking for a way to uh, distract myself and that's when I started working on these journals and um, just discovering the world of cannabis, like uh, the flavors, the smells, uh, you know, the effects and wh what they can do to help you with your cannabis goals. Oh, absolutely. And, and having strain-specific effects when you're just starting off, yeah, it seems to be one of the quickest way that people have kind of found that and agreed with it, where it's like, oh, this does more than just get me high. I can actually enjoy this and then go about my life in a better, more absolutely. productive sense. And it's that first exposure that changes their whole approach to the plant. Absolutely. It is really interesting. So it's it's awesome to hear that you started out with that because I was along a very similar line. I started for medical purposes. So okay. that's one of the reasons why I'm a heavy advocate right now is when you start for medicated purposes, it's a lot easier to promote medicated purpose. Absolutely. 
And so when it comes to the Romulan, what did you find was kind of the best takeaways for that? Was it flavor, effect, combination? So definitely it was the flavor for me. So the, the way I kind of describe the flavor is when you kind of eat, when you eat meat and, and it sits in your stomach too long, tends to, you tend to get these sulfur burps. Yeah. So I found like that was the, the best way to describe it was these, the way that it sits in the back of your throat is the sulfur burp. Uh, I know it's kind of gross when you talk about it that way, but that's the way I describe it. <laughs> when there's genetics on the market l named unicorn poop, yeah, meat <laughs> breath. Yeah, there you go. We we like when there's a meat breath genetic and I lose my mind over it. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. I don't think that uh, it's it's too too much with what's going on, right? Like it's it's crazy. Hey. hey. Yeah. Um, just uh, wondering what you guys are doing up here. Uh, just recording a podcast. Just just chatting and recording a podcast. Okay. So unfortunately, you can't do that on the CN Tower property. No. No. Even like we're not having the CN Tower in the back. We're using just the background of the skyscraper. Yeah. Just just because it's it's on our property, unfortunately, we can't do that. Either. Not at all. Wow. Okay. I'm really sorry about that, guys. Okay. Well, I guess we'll get set up and we'll move elsewhere. We, but it doesn't matter. We're we're still running. We're just gonna pause this. Yeah. Go over and get the readjusted shot, and then continue on with what we're doing. So, ad break. <laughs> <sighs> well, everyone, we're back after readjusting our location, so we're not in front of the CN Tower, but we're actually capturing it this time. So. Whatever, we're making it work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the question is, where were we in the topic before we got uh, it, it, uh, essentially told to adjust our location? <laughs> uh, I, I believe we, we were talking about you had some uh, goodies today that uh, yes, that's right. We were gonna try out the, the samples that I was getting ready to go. Oh, let's get those out and actually get them ready to enjoy. So I've got that. Have you had a chance to try the Dank Sinatra from next Friday yet? I haven't tried it, to be honest. It's for, like, someone I love GMO, like a true GMO okay. flavor and effect. This has got a true GMO kind of flavor and effect. And through the bong, it is absolutely fantastic. I just love smoking this out of the bong. It's got, like, a longevity to the flavor that is unbelievable with this. It's, like, 20 or 30 minutes where you're still feeling the flavor built. Oh, wow. And there's a handful of genetics that I've come across like this, but nothing with that GMO lineage until this. Oh, okay. The GMO from Partake is probably the closest one that I've had in comparison, but it just doesn't have the longevity. It just slaps you in the face and leaves you with it. Oh, wow. This has got a build. I haven't tried it through this vaporizer yet, so I'm excited to see how it compares. But this little dosing capsule will go quite a ways with what we have in here. Okay. Which is nice. And it's really beneficial with this dosing capsule because you can actually pre-fill and stick it in the vaporizer and not worry about the clean and anything like that. It's just so much easier for maintaining. But... Yeah, that's a nice little handy uh, vaporizer you got there. Yeah, for and then once it vibrates, set temperature and it's good to go. And it'll maintain temperature for four minutes. Okay, so I don't have to push any button nope. there? Okay. Yeah, once she vibrates, it's ready to go. All right, cool. That one is my favorite all-around vaporizer of the three that I have with me. 
Um, you can actually take the top out and swap it out for different styles if you wanted to. So like I've got a curved mouthpiece that goes onto that longer one that I have, but there's also like glass bubblers that we could put on there. Oh wow. So it hits like a bong. And All right, so here we go, it just vibrated, so I'm gonna go for it. So the curved one gives us a little bit of a straw action like that. And then we have the bubbler mouthpiece, which with a little bit of water, nice big bong rips off of. But for a nice, quick way to get medicated, nothing super apparent. Yeah. Like it's discreet. For a dry herb vaporizer, it is ridiculously discreet. And I'm getting the uh, the flavor transference, you know, there's a nice flavor there. <laughs> yeah, that's tasty. And it holds too, right? Like the biggest thing I found with dry herbs versus your combustion is it doesn't necessarily hold the flavor. It comes in, it gives you a tickle, and then it passes. This holds. Yeah, and it's right in there, the back of my tongue and yeah, I'm liking that. <laughs> I'm getting, um, I'm, I almost feel like I'm getting some like uh, lemonine or uh, some kind of citrusy. Um, it definitely like citrusy. There's something candied there. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something candied in there, without a doubt. I, t I get it every time I taste it too. Every time I taste it. Very sweet, it has a very sweet flavor. Yeah. And when those, that four minutes is up, it'll vibrate and let you know that it's done as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's the nice thing about that, is it'll just, for that one, it'll run for its four minutes, vibrate, you're done, switch it out, load up your next bowl, you're good to go. Well, that's really convenient. For just a little pocket vaporizer, it's, I'm not usually a dry herb vaporizer, but all three of these, that one especially, they're starting to make me a little bit more of a dry yeah, vape. And, and I don't really have like a lot of experience dry vaping, but uh, something simple like this is kind of, you know, piquing my interest that, because uh, I, I could see myself carrying this around. Well, and just for cost effectiveness, the amount of flour that you use, the fact that with these dry herb vaporizers, you can use 100% of your flour. Because everything that you don't actually smoke can be not not smoked because um, what you use in here and bake you can then go and since it's decarboxylized you can use it for edibles oh, okay. so you can use a hundred percent of the flour and the product within so it's one of those things where you can actually go and get more out of it than you would when you're burning you can uh, get so, a double so what dose. You're, so what you're saying is once you're finished uh, vaporizing it, then you, what the, the plant matter that's left over can be reused uh, to, make edibles. to make edibles. Wow. Yep. Because w when you're decarboxylizing, what are you doing? Baking it. Yeah. What are these doing? Basically, you're baking it. That's you're exactly what it is. You're baking it. So at that point, it's doing the work for you. Yes. You are baking it at a higher temperature than what typically you would be to decarboxylate okay. it because you are activating the THC and the other stuff so you can inhale. So typically it will be a little bit weaker, not quite as strong, not quite as potent as if you just go and baked it. But at the exact same time, you're not wasting flour. Okay. 
Well, that's you, interesting. That's I didn't know that, so learned something new today. So, for people who are on the medicated side that really need to stretch their pennies, dry her vaporizing all day long, all day long. The only thing that I would say is comparable to it is bong rips, and that's just because you don't have any wasted smoke with a bong rip. Yeah. Where with a joint or with a pipe or anything like that, you have ambient smoke, which is wasted smoke, which is just a product that's burning just to stay burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to stay actively burning, I should say. So it's a totally different kind of consumption style. So, for, so people who are looking to get on a little bit of a tighter budget for their consumption, but still wanting the variety or still wanting the ability to medicate, dry hair vaporizer. You can go get a three-pack of pre-rolls, and that three-pack of pre-rolls will last you quite a bit because you can break it into each half-gram pre-roll into as many as five to ten sessions. Wow, well, that's good to know. Definitely, uh, I, I definitely enjoyed this. The uh, It vibrated, so I guess that means it's done now. Yep. So I'll just sit here and see what's going to happen to me. <laughs> yeah, and this one's very similar, but it's just doesn't have the swappable straw. It's just got the built-in straw. Okay. Very similar device, same company. I really, this one for me, for kind of the first dose is better. I get more flavor off of it, but it's just personal preference from vaporizer to vaporizer. Uh, Overall effect, these are hard to beat, especially when I'm on the go. Way more convenient bringing these than a bong. Definitely. Because these work like that. And this Dank Sinatra is hard to beat for flavor. Yeah, this is my first time trying the Dank Sinatra. Uh, so I've tried it now in the, the dry vape. Uh, honestly, right now I'm feeling uh, uplifting effects. Um, you know, my, uh, my brows are feeling a little bit heavy, to be honest. But, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. It's I, still I still have the flavor at the back of my tongue. It's surprising how bodily you relax, but mentally you just spike right up with this one. Yeah. Like it's very creative, but creative in a couch potato kind of sense. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> like you get locked up into a bed or something like that, you can think of creative days, creative ideas all day long yeah. with this genetic. But you don't want to go outside and go for a walk while you're doing that. Not at all. Not with this one. <laughs> but I do get a lot more of that candied kind of citrus off of this and the vaporizer than I do with the bong. The bong is a lot more earthy and rich from what I found. But this is good. This is really good through the vaporizer. And, that, and that's another thing that's pretty interesting too is um, the different methods of consumption can uh, like you know you have different experiences of the flavors and the effects and the smells you know depending on the uh, method of consumption well it's you go into like the different heat temperatures which play into the factor for what you're tasting whether you're getting everything in one single swoop or whether you're kind of elongating it over a period, all of that plays into it. And it's like the amount of physics that plays into cannabis smoke that a lot of people don't realize is crazy because when it comes to like taking a bong rip, it's vacuum force. If you think about it, it is vacuum force because you got to create the vacuum to be able to pull the air through the bowl, out of the water and into yep. your lungs. 
So the more water, the heavier the vacuum force. The heavier the vacuum force, the faster it's gonna burn because at that point you're adding more oxygen to the, it just becomes this huge science experiment is what it becomes. Okay. And for me, I've always had the ability to make the connections for that so I can always do the explanation, but it really does make it so diverse because you can grab one bong and then grab another one and they can be two beakers, but one could be a little five inch shorty and mm -hmm. one could be an 18 inch monster. Yeah. Totally different experience coming from those two bongs. Same lighting pro profile and everything, but amount of water passes through, the size of the bowl, all yep. that stuff plays into it. Yeah. And that's just within the same style of bong, not even going vaporizer to bong to pipe to joint. Yeah, yeah. And or, then the or intricacies even, within. Yeah, or even the, uh, then you start getting into the concentrates, right? And then, um, you know, people are, when you consume a concentrate and when you consume flour, there tends to be uh, different effects as well. Well, exactly. And flavors. And when it comes to the concentrates, it's also how the concentrate's produced, whether they're solvent-less or solvent-based, whether they have, um, like, additional botanical terpenes added to them or anything else. Like, there's so much more when it comes to concentrates that are completely different to flour just because it has the added steps to it and added yeah. processes that people don't necessarily consider that all the time. Absolutely. And see, this is why I, I love chatting uh, with, with people like you, Trevor, because like uh, I've been a consumer for 15 years and there's still lots for me to learn, uh, especially in the uh, uh, legal market. You know, so that's why I love chatting with people like you because I'm getting so many insights into uh, different aspects of the plant. Oh, exactly. And like, I've only been consuming for just shy of six years, but I'm fully consuming for six years. Like I yeah. got hurt at work, working within EMS and firefighting. And then I started consuming cannabis. I was off work full time and I had nothing else to do. Yeah oh, this medication works for me. Let's learn how it works for me and then start making it work for me better. And then it just became this addictive education process because working in EMS, naturally, you're always researching the latest trends. You're always researching, like the amount of mandatory research you do within the job that's just for maintaining your, your standards and maintaining that. Absolutely. It becomes just second nature to do that research and to do that continuative learning and somebody asks you a question, you need to be able to explain it not one way, but five ways to Sunday. Yeah. Because one person will ask you one question and then someone will ask you the same question but a different way and that first answer doesn't work for that second question. Even though it's the same question, the answer doesn't work because the question was worded differently. So it's learning about all of that. Absolutely. And patient care provided me the insight to understand to know that. Absolutely. So it's it's been an approach that's very similar to the way that I approached my firefighting in EMS, which is I need to know a little bit of everything because there's a lot of people who know a lot about a little thing, right? Yeah. yeah. There's concentrate specialists, they're grower specialists, but there's not a whole bunch of people that know a little bit about everything to give you the guidance to, okay, this is the person you should go talk to about growing. Yeah. I yeah. know enough to get me in trouble. Yeah. They know enough to get me out of that trouble. They're the person you should go talk to. And, and also I think a lot of people too, in the beginning, if they, um, you know, for whatever reasons they start consuming cannabis, that they might start kind of aimlessly, 
with uh, just trying a bunch of different things but without actually uh, having an intention like what's the end goal what's the like what am I looking for when I'm doing that you know for example they know that it's working for them but they, they're not sure like what it is but when you start uh, paying attention to the nuances you know and I, I find what it comes down to a lot of is the flavors and the smells like the terpenes and I know there's other cannabinoids and compounds as well um, but I think when it comes down to it the flavors and the smell I think offer a, 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 a lot to your brain in terms of your senses you know because you're tasting and you're smelling and I think that's what it's adding to that entourage effect so uh, what I think is great is uh, that could be something like the cannabis journal could be used for is when you're starting out is to track those nuances to figure out you know exactly what is it that's that's uh, working for me well and just the difference between phenotypical expressions too because for me cold creek kush is my bread and butter for this conversation <laughs> yeah the amount of cold creek kush that is on the market and it ranges from the most uplifting and cerebral sativa yeah. on the market of Redican to Vertical's Cold Creek Kush, which was the original one on the market in Alberta at least, and it's dank, heavy Kush. Yeah. Like it, it is a evening smoke. But there's Cold Creek Kush and everything in between of those two genetics and those two brands. So there's people who come in and buy Cold Creek Kush and go, this isn't the same thing. Absolutely. Well, which one did you buy last time? Oh, well, it was in a black jar with like a vertical, I think was the company. Oh yeah. You bought Redican, not the same flower. I wouldn't even, I, like I couldn't even put the same name on the two. Absolutely. And that's something that I've, I've learned recently as well too, are like what you mentioned, the phenotypes. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there might be one strain but then so many, would you call them offshoots or offshoot phenos or? Well, it's the, that's, each of those unique expressions is a phenotypical expression. So the phenotype yeah. is that description for it. So it's, it's the way, the best way to describe it is, yes, here we if go. your mom and dad have a hundred kids, none of those hundred kids are gonna be exactly alike. Exactly. Some are that's gonna lean more to on the dad's it. side, some are gonna lean more on the mom's side. Cannabis is no different. It's dioecious. That means there's a mom, that means there's a dad. When it comes to feminized plants, it gets a little funky, but there's a female plant that's transitioned to become the dad in that situation. So there's still a mom and a dad transition. Absolutely. So when it comes to that, there's gonna be expression from the mom and there's gonna be expressions from the dad. And the way that that gets narrowed down to the unique showcase that the grower wants is by them breeding it into itself to get that expression. But we're talking years of work. Like for them to get it to where it's, a sh where they're labeling it as a showcase of what they want. Yeah. At that point, you're usually what's called an IBL, an infinite backline. So okay. it's been crossed into itself for a specific phenotype expression six plus times. Wow. So it's been, that genetic has been worked into itself over six times, for six generations. Then if you have like your F9, F F10, it just means 10 generations of them breeding it back into itself. But anything after six generations is an infinite backline. It's been okay. crossed into itself so many times that it's it's stable. 
Okay, okay. So I think I think I've had a similar situation uh, with, with uh, my favorite strain, Romulan. Yep. You know, in the legacy market, that's where I was originally buying it from. And when uh, it finally came out on on the legal market or the rec market, uh, it was Palmoletto that was growing it. Now, when I tried Palmolettos, it wasn't the Romulan that I remember. And most likely now, because I'm learning about all this, it probably was a different phenotype. And it didn't meet um, the palate that I, I was preferring, I guess, in terms of the flavor and the smell. Um, but then 1964 came out with a Romulan. Mm -hmm. And when I tried 1964, that Romulan was, I would say, a lot closer to what I remember. And obviously they have a different phenotype, right? Well, it could be a totally different breeder too. Like it could be coming from a totally different genetics okay. lineup. And that's the thing, is when it comes from the legacy market, the gray market, the black market, depending on when we're talking about it, they, the growers and everything, what was Romulan may not have been Romulan. Yeah. Right? It, okay. We're not 100% sure. Okay. Like, even at this point on the legal market, what they're calling something may not be what it actually genetically is. Because okay. they can, like, companies are able to brand genetics themselves. So if they go out, they drop a seed, and they want to brand the Cold Creek Kush as um, Freezer Creek. Okay. For example. Okay. Say vertical, we're done with Cold Creek Kush, we're dropping Freezer Creek. Okay, yeah. So it could they, be the they can change the name whenever they feel they, fit to, to suit can, their to also suit their region too. They can brand represent their genetic. Okay. Now, do I have any issues with brands being able to brand their own products and the genetics they've hunted out and done? No. As long as you put what the lineage is on there. Yeah. I don't care. I really don't care if you've got, like, Ice Creek, Cold Creek Kush, Fino number three. Okay. Crazy Creek, Cold Creek Kush, Fino number seven. You could run seven different Cold Creek Kushes, all of the same company, all having different brand names, all having a different experience, but they're all Cold Creek Kush genetics. What's wrong with doing something like that? If you've got the consumer base, it's gonna buy it. Absolutely. And, it, and it's just, there's so much that you can go and get into with that phenotyping and which one company's gonna throw away, the other one loves. Yes, And that's yes. where you get so wide of an expression, especially with the OG genetics, like Romulan and stuff like that, that's been a while, around for a while. How many breeders have got their version of a Romulan? Absolutely, and even when you start looking into the lineage of Romulan, they, they still say some of it's a little bit unknown, yep. you know, because that's how long it's been around, I guess. That's exactly it. So what's the potential of someone going, oh, this tastes like Romulan, it kind of looks like Romulan, it's Romulan. <laughs> it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't quite work in cannabis, but kind of. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's stuff like that that makes it difficult for that transition, unless you were growing it yourself and you knew the breeder and like you could go to that type of background. Okay. Well, I'm definitely learning a lot there about uh, phenos and uh, <laughs> na naming uh, can cannabis strains. Um, you know, when I first started consuming cannabis, you know, we used to just buy out of like some guy's basement and um, a lot of the time you don't even know what the name of the strain was or you didn't ask too many questions. And uh, I think that's why I, can, I was consuming for so long kind of aimlessly and not fully understanding, um, uh, you know, 
what what I the strains and uh, I was consuming like there's no like I wasn't keeping track of anything yeah. like that so that's why I say like it's aimless but then once I realized you know from from uh, finding that Romulan the different nuances in the in the flavors and the smells the effects um, that's when I started to realize there's benefits here to like keeping track and uh, honing in on that oh and that's and that's probably one of the biggest changes that from legacy to legal has been the open approach for people to a start trying cannabis and b be able to consistently journal absolutely i've been that for anybody that's new to cannabis journaling has been one of my biggest points that i've preached like you cannot consume cannabis if you're looking for medical relief and not journal you are wasting your time if you are not journaling your cannabis journey and it's purely because if you're not journaling you're just like Ryan you're not going to be able to go back and go oh it's this style of Romulan that's the issue not Romulan as a whole yeah so it's it's having that reference because for someone like me I've recorded over 500 cannabis reviews from the legal market yeah there is no way that I can remember every single genetic and see I've probably tried like over 500 different strains but you think i could remember any of those ones from the past uh, you know a lot of them they're they're gone now and that's why you know gotta write it down oh that's exactly it it's it's so beneficial too because the amount of times where i've gone and picked something up and i'm like oh shit i've already reviewed this and then i go and i look at the scores i'm like ah, i'm in for something that i'm not really looking forward to <laughs> shit then i grind it up and i actually enjoy it yeah so now I've got to now I got to start going. Okay, well, what's the package date on that last bag? Yeah, that's what's another this? thing too. What, yeah. What's the lot? What's the? I start doing my inquisitory based searches, and from time to time, I'm happily shocked and happy to fee- see that an LP is just improving their processes. They're just improving the quality of their product. They're just continuing to grow within this industry, which I will. 100% support and be all over companies like that. I'd yeah. rather. That's the other thing is you can't just go, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a blue jar. <laughs> trust me. And I, I only say the blue jar because San Rafael used to be one of the worst ones for that, and now they're becoming one of the best ones for that. Trust me. And I actually get what you buy or get higher quality from it than what you buy. Oh, and that's good to know. Graybeard took over the growing for Aurora, so any of the Aurora brands, the quality has improved. Okay. I'll give the I'll give Aurora credit. They have done a good job for turning it, the ship around and making the adjustments. Now, are all of their products an uh, absolute amazing experience? No. But are they consistent enough that they're an enjoyable experience from start to finish? Absolutely, without a doubt. Okay. And for under twenty-five dollars, it's hard to beat the three and a half. It's really hard to beat that three and a half price. The pink diesel, honestly, is my favorite from them lately. Oh, yeah? It actually has pink cushion effects and flavors on it, and you still get that kind of diesely gassy nose and flavor to it too. Oh, okay. It's surprising how enjoyable that is. 
Well, I think the the one product you or the one brand you mentioned there, uh, San Rafael. I think I tried their. Uh, they have a Tangerine Dream, right? Yep. Yeah, but I, I tried it like maybe that would have to be like like four years ago, like like when legalization just started, and they were one of the first uh, LPs out there, I believe. They weren't definitely yeah. weren't the first, but they were one of the first. Um, and I picked up their product, and it was like for me, it was okay. But I'm curious now to find out. You're saying that they've improved, and I haven't tried it in a long time, so I'm curious now. The Tan Dream is still available. The Tangerine Dream is still available at that 12, 13, 14% THC. Okay. It's still popular. It's actually one of it. That was their best tasting genetic at the beginning, without a doubt. Hands down for me, best tasting genetic, best effect. The pink Kush was second, but it was a very distant second. Yeah. There was no comparison for me, but. That that tangerine dream is still good. It's still but small little popcorny nugs. It's kind of what you're gonna get consistency with consistently okay. with San Rafael, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah. With twenty three dollars for three and a half in Alberta is pretty fucking good for that. Um, but the quality and the overall aroma has gotten really good for yeah. something that's comparable, but in almost an adult dose of THC in that 20-ish percent. Yeah. The tie punch from 33, or yeah, the tie punch from yeah, uh, 33 splitter or something. 30, yeah, the th 33 splitter was the other genetic that they had out by True Fire. True Fire, that's it. Yeah, the tie yeah, punch that's by it. True, Pi True Fire. That is a almost identical representation, and. I would say for the extra $10, you would be getting a lot better of an experience for someone who is wanting a higher THC perspective to that experience. Okay. But that same citrus juicy flavor. Yeah, actually I ended up trying both those products, the 33 splitter and the tie punch from uh, uh, True Fire. I picked them up at the uh, Kind Summer Fair there and they were both pretty good products as well. Yeah, that tie punch is very comparable to what the Tangerine Dream is. Yeah. Very comparable. I would say there's a little bit more cush to the tie um, to that tie one, but not much. Not much at all. But, I mean, oh, I like the honeydew the uh, not honeydew boba. Was it Island Honeydew? There's a honeydew one that they have um, from San Rafael that I haven't tried yet. Okay. That every time I go into the dispensary, it catches my eye and I want to pick it up and try it, but just I end up grabbing something else. Yeah, yeah. Again, for $23, it's always easy to add it onto the bricks. Well, I'm going to have to check do. the price in Ontario because I, I think I remember it being a little bit more expensive here in Ontario. Oh, it will, it will be a little bit more expensive in Ontario because I know you guys do pay... PST, and then I think there's some external taxes on some of your products too. Yeah, in Ontario. Yeah, it's been a while since I, I looked up that product on the OCS, but uh, if I remember correctly, like when I did buy it, I did spend I think over thirty dollars. They their price has dropped since. Okay, so yeah, so if you're if you're thinking back in the the four four years ago, they were Probably, at the thirty-five yeah. dollar price point in Alberta. Uh, okay, and now they're at the twenty-three dollar price point. So I'd expect them to be around the twenty-five, twenty-six dollar in Ontario. Okay, with tax. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that. Give them another shot. Yeah, I would if you like a little bit more of a body relaxation and easing, the pink diesel would be my suggestion. If you want more of that cerebral, that that honeydew one, that melon, yeah. might be the better option for you. I keep hearing great things about it. I just haven't had a chance to try it. The Chem Mango Kush is really good, but it is I don't know how to describe it at all for the way the effects are. It is it is unique. 
Yeah. Like it's, I wouldn't recommend it to be the one to try first, but if you like the way their quality is, I would say try it second. Okay. Just because it's, it's fruity, but it's gassy, but it's dirt and earthy all at the same time. And it's not blended, but it's kind of stacked. And that's what makes it so different. Okay. Well, that but, sounds interesting. <laughs> for again a twenty three dollar eighth, how how much can you complain when you got a complex flavor like that? Well, that's it. You know, it, it makes it pretty easy to sit down and enjoy. <laughs> and uh, another product that I was enjoying the other day too was uh, RC Supply Co. I think it was wedding cake. I haven't had a chance to try that one, but I'm usually a fan of the cake and the wedding cake genetics. So yeah, I'd really I, be I liked in that. I, I really I really like that one. The the flavors. Um, what I got from it and the smell, it reminds me of like a dank, musty basement, you know, that kind of smell. Yeah. Um, and it just hits nicely, you know, it, it, it kind of creeps up on you and you get that focus, you know, whatever you're working on or, or um, you get that focus and creativity and keeps you on track. Yeah, absolutely. And that type of, the, the clear focus and That's it, yeah. the ability to to tackle tasks is surprisingly difficult to come across a lot of what's on the market now. Like I see such a heavy driven focus for euphoric or sedative effects. That's right. Like there's not a lot of like task tackling experiences out there. Yeah. Like they're one-offs or you've got to blend it with something to get that kind of rush right like it's not balanced in any way what are your what are your thoughts on um was it the, the i think it's uh shred that came out with these uh, thv gummies with uh the idea i guess that it, uh, thv can help you focus better like thcv yeah yeah so thcv definitely has its benefits um like they've if you go and you want, have you had a chance to watch the Strain Hunters episode where they go down to the Congo and they actually talk about THCV a little bit and they're they're hunting for a genetic that is high in it? No, I didn't catch that. So there's a YouTube video and it, if you just search Strain Hunters Congo, okay, you'll see them looking like AJ and I can't remember what the uh, the um, um, partner was that passed away but there's two of them and they were traveling the world looking for genetics to bring back. Okay. So there was an actual licensed producer on the market under the Strain Hunters brand. That's their brand that they brought to the market, but different, this is years later. The story that I'm talking about, they went to the Congo to look for red Congolese or a genetic that is high in THCV because okay. they found that THCV is more of an appetite suppressant uh, and it actually potentially has beneficial effects for diabetes patients. Oh. So there could be actual insulin-based beneficial effects and interactions oh, wow. with the use of THCV and with it being uh, like appetite suppressant yes. for people that have eating disorders on the sense of overeating or potentially bulimia and stuff along those lines to where you can eat and then you can stop yourself from hyper eating or, or like um, overeating and, and eating to a point of sickness. Yeah. 
that could be used because you could eat to you could eat what you de decide you want to your portion go and consume the THCV and suppress your appetite oh wow and that those are just a few of the benefits that are going alongside of the focus the creativity things along those lines yeah see i wasn't aware of that part of it because uh the, the way the way that i the like when i look at their uh advertisement the way what i take away from it is that you're gonna like gain you might you might possibly gain focus from consuming the thcv but these other benefits sound amazing as well and it makes perfect sense on why you would get clarity and focus from thcv when it's doing Almost the exact opposite of THCA. Yeah. It kind of makes sense that it would give you a little bit more of a, let's clean the glasses instead of spitting and putting a little fog onto it. Absolutely. Right? And of course, it makes sense that in the cannabis plant, there is the opposite effect. It, a, a good example of this is um, pinene and its yep. natural memory protective experience. Yep. If you have issues with forgetting what you're doing or just getting lost when you're high, start cho chasing some genetics that have high pinene in it for terpene levels in it. You will notice a difference. It may not be black and white in the sense of, oh, I can remember where I put my keys after I smoked. Yeah. But it might make, oh, I remember I put my keys in the kitchen somewhere after I smoked, not they're in the house. Like, it's, it, and that that differentiation could be the difference between a non-consumer yeah. and a light consumer. Absolutely. Because it gives them the option. And then finding the benefits for people who have the diabetes, people who have the, the eating disorders that are not the, like me, I have an eating disorder in the sense of I've got bowel issues and stomach problems to where I won't eat. Okay. And I'll go long periods of non-eating because I physically can't tolerate eating food. Okay. That is not the same approach as someone with the bulimia or Absolutely. an overeating issue or a good example of this are bodybuilders and uh, people that are in a little bit more of a routine of having bad eating habits. Fighters, like professional fighters are another key example of this. They eat, they eat, they eat, they eat, and then they cut weight. Yeah. Their, their healthy relationship with food is non-existent. So giving them products that could provide a little bit of support for that. Absolutely. And then the benefits of the physical on the body side, the muscular side for the heavy workouts and stuff on are another thing that they can benefit, right? Like it just becomes a stacking benefit tower or pyramid if you want to go that way of health and wellness and that's my biggest use and approach for cannabis is health and wellness absolutely and and um and i noticed a lot of people are using cannabis in especially on the uh, legal recreational market for health and wellness um but the thing is when when you're using it for health and wellness like yourself uh you know, there isn't really a lot of, would you say there's a lot of resources to go to, to figure out? Like, a lot of the stuff that you're telling me right now, I'm, I'm kind of just like uh, taking it in and learning some of it. It's all available, but there's no way to be able to just, like there's no single source. It's, it's available. Yeah. But it's whether you're willing to strap on the helmet and go in the trenches and find it. Yeah. Like, my, what, 
everyone that has been on this channel for any length of time has seen the knowledge growth. They've seen, Absolutely. and they've seen me double back on some of the stupid shit that I'd say. Yeah. And it's because, oh, I got a fact and it, <laughs> guess what? I was an idiot. I made a mistake. This is not at all how it's supposed to work. This is how it happens. Okay. Right? And I've doubled back on some of the stuff I've said. I've pulled videos off. There's videos on there where you look right on the title. Mistake was made. Check description. And then in the description, I write down what I've, how I've well, made that at, error. At the end of the day, we all are on, we're all on a journey of yeah. learning, right? And for me, I'm trying to provide that resource in the most streamlined, straightforward, um, kind of one platform access as I can, but there's just so much out there that needs to be provided. It's hard to figure out what needs to be done first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and actually, though, know, that's what uh, I really liked about your content was how thorough you were with your reviews. Um, you know, uh, very detailed. You know, like I was saying, you know, you, you you're looking at like even bud structure, the ash of the smoke. You, you're trying the if if a, a brand or an LP has the product in other forms, you're also trying the other forms like concentrates and stuff like that. And I think that's a very thorough approach, especially when you're uh, using cannabis with intention, and you know, especially for health and wellness. Well, that's that's a big reason for the way I do my reviews and, and stuff like that is because it's like, okay, here's an educational opportunity. I may get someone like you that in, when you were just getting started, you come across one of the reviews and you can walk away going, oh, so that's why this does that. Yeah. And it's not the review that you're taking away, but it's the little tidbit of information that I gave you within that review. You decided not to buy that product because it tastes like grape, for example. You're not a grape person or you're not a citrus person. Like Daryl. Daryl, that's he's been a he's been one of my original 15 subs on my YouTube channel. Okay. That dude will not fuck around with anything lemon or citrus. Okay. He will not touch it if it has lemon or citrus on it. But he will watch every single one of my reviews if he knows it has lemon or citrus on it. Yeah. Because there could be one comment that's made. That he'll take it. Then he's going to be like, oh, maybe I should give it another shot. Maybe I should give it a shot this way because I like it. Or if my buddy has it, I'll, I'll give, it a, give it a try. Or it's the educational information that I touch on during it that he likes. Right? But he, he sees Lemon. Oh, I'm not gonna, he's not going in to watch that review for the review. He's going in to watch it for the educational content. Yeah. And that's part of the the approach I'm doing is every piece of content I put out there is a touch I have to make an educational change and that's great and I think that's um, one of the things that it's there in the cannabis space it's there in the cannabis space right now but I don't think there's a lot of it right error are we still recording so let's see if we can shut this off sorry right. just chill Thanks, Thanks. Oh, we're good and going now, so it's still recording. Okay. It's still running. What's the podcast about? Uh, I do education and stuff for the cannabis industry, bud. Yeah, so it's it's more for adults and stuff along that lines. But uh, when you get 18, you can definitely come and check it out. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud. Yeah, enjoy the uh, we'll, game. We'll see you in the ball game. Have a good one. <laughs> Definitely. Right on. <laughs> That's 
that's one thing about doing live podcasts is we get engagement, right? Yeah. And at least engagement like this is a lot better than stop recording here. You need Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. That was a, a, a definitely a more positive interaction than the, the first one we had. Hey, I, I can't say that the security was being a dick because he wasn't. He was very polite. He was Absolutely. very straightforward. And, like, I'm keeping that clip because it was a good, genuine exchange, and I wasn't trying to push towards them it's just if you guys have that policy yeah just make it abundantly clear on the website because i go and i look on there and nowhere does it say it literally says professional photography will not be accepted yeah a phone sitting on a tripod that's not even clamped into the tripod and two guys sitting on a bench with microphones yeah it's kind of amateurish <laughs> yeah i'm trying to make it look pro but I don't have my full camera. I don't have everything else set up, but whatever. Minor adjustment, minor move. We, this is we made we, it work. This is what we call guerrilla style. It, it's it's cannabis industry as a whole <laughs> is what it is, realistically. But, but, but what I was saying before the uh, technical difficulty there <laughs> was that... Um, you know, I think cannabis education is an important part of the industry and it's there, but I don't think there's enough of it. You know, um, I think that there needs to be more education in terms of uh, uh, like healthy and safe consumption, uh, also edu education, uh, cons educating consumers on all the different products and, and what are like the uses for them. Well, and I'm 100% I'm the type of person where I would not be upset if I saw the sales in our industry drop because consumers are buying specific products that does the job for them and it forces them to need to buy less product. They're yeah. buying specific product that does the job for them. And that in turn is going to end up meaning overall higher sales because, and it, it, it's kind of backwards in that way. but. It's gonna end up in higher sales because what you'll do is you'll get a, somebody coming in that'll buy one flower that works fantastic for when they're going to bed. And they'll yeah. smoke it all the time when they're going to bed. And they'll get a stockpile of it. And they'll have it. Then they'll have the ability and the money to go into the store and go, okay, well what's like this? Yeah. What's something that I can change up that will work similar? But in this, at the same time, have a stockpile at home already a flower that they could use. That's right. Because they know it will work. So they're confident in buying it in larger quantities. Or when it's on sale, buying bulk versions of it. Once they have that trust, good old trusty reliable sitting there, and they know they can go back to it, well, going and spending 10 or $15 on a pack of pre-rolls isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Because if it doesn't do the job, well, I've got an old faithful. That's right. Oh, well, the butt tender got me hooked on this. Now I come in and I'm complaining, well, I went, I slipped, my hips fucking hurt, sore, I got a bruise on it, and they recommended some bath salts for the next couple of weeks. Well, I don't need to be buying a bunch of product because I've got Old Faithful at home that does what I need it to. I only need one joint. I've got the $25. You know what? Let's get those bath salts. Let's give them a shot. Yeah. Now all of a sudden they keep the bath salts in stock for when they have those slips or those sores or they lift heavy and it's... And all of a sudden, they just have this accumulation of cannabis products sitting in their house for when they need it. Yeah. That sounds like an additional sale, an additional sale, an additional sale, an additional sale, and sales that are not $10 for a single one-gram joint every day or every other day. It's 
oh, well, let's go do a $100 sale for the stock up of flour. Let's do a $50 sale for the stock up of bath bomb. Let's do a $30 sale for the stock up of edibles. Every week is something a little bit different, but they're coming in and they're spending more money in the shop, but it's focused, it's, it, it's justified. Yeah, and earlier you were mentioning about like naming the strains. Now, what if these like LPs started naming the strains to describe the effects? Like for example, you were saying like if you know this is going to help you for sleep or if you know this is going to help you for something, what if they called it like the strain sleep or, or awake or relief? You, you do see some companies trying to do that, and they're they are kind of one-offs okay. on the market, and they have worked, kind of. But when you're getting into that point, you won't ever be able to label anything sleep within Health Canada because yeah. you can't talk sleep. Yeah. So you can say evening or nighttime or stuff along yeah, those lines. Yeah. Like you've got the night. It's like suggesting the uh, effects. Exactly. Well, night night oil. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not, not, we didn't say sleep. Yeah. We said it's for the night. Exactly. Okay. Most people can put together what that means, right? But it's one of those things where I don't know if that's going to play as big of a factor right now until, until we can actually get people to stop looking at sativa and indica as the end all be all for effects. Yeah. The only time only time sativa and indica actually should play a factor in the conversation is if the grower is looking and going huh this is stretching like a sativa i should maybe give it some more room no oh, this is an indica i can fit an extra two or three plants into this genetic and into this grow space in the same space that i could that plant that stretched out twice as or three times or four times the amount that it was when we flipped the lights other than that Bud structure? Yeah. Well, I've been hearing that's, this a lot lately. Like what you're saying is the THC, or sorry, the uh, indica and sativa. Uh, really, when you're looking at the uh, what is it, the genetic and and the profile, really, it doesn't it doesn't matter on paper. But do you think it? Do you think it? Like I know the way you just said it, where it should be said, but do you also think it could be used in a way to describe the effects, like like an like getting energy or feeling like the in the couch kind of feeling? Absolutely. Because that, that's one of the arguments that I hear is that uh, they under we understand like okay, but uh, it can still be used in describing. Uh, like if like the effects of like in the couch or sativa like feeling an up feeling let's gather 10 people give them the same joint and get them to say the exact same thing for the effects it'll never happen okay so why are we so, trying to generalize yeah. it like that that's a good way of, that's a good way of putting it right how many people like for someone like me a truly uplifting pure energetic sativa i like that before bed i like my mind absolutely gone before bed yeah but i'll wake up and i'll hit body bowls all day long the traditional indica i'll smoke that all day long yeah but as soon as i get into the heavy euphoria the heavy cerebral i'm ready for bed and then i want to watch a movie and i want to go to bed because if my mind gets cloudy and stuff i don't want to do anything i want to lay down i want to watch a movie i want to play video games or i just want to relax but I'm in pain all the time with my back and yeah. stuff like that. So guess what? Body relief equals productivity for me. So outside of like the actual structural format of the bud, 
we need to get rid of Sativa and Indica because at this point, everything's a hybrid. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Would you consider, so like everything's, ba most things now are basically a, they're hybrid. Like, we should, like, it's a hybrid genetic, but it's Sativa structured. Oh, so I'm going to open it up and it's going to be airy. I'm going to have five buds in this instead of three. Okay, I know to expect that. Yeah. I know that there's going to be more stem in my sativa bud than there is going to be in my indica bud. Why? Well, because indicas are going to be your tight little rock style buds, your cookies genetics and stuff along those lines. Why? Because that's the way that a land race, land race indica was. Small, tight buds, short, stout, short flowering period, and all of this had to do with the environment that the plant was grown in. That was exactly what it had to do with. Northern Lights is a Canadian plant. It's an indica Canadian plant. Why? Because yeah. it flowers out in six to nine weeks, depending on where it is and what it's crossed in. It's short, it's stout. It doesn't grow to be big, leafy, and long. Why? Because our grow seasons don't accommodate anything other than that. And where I live, our grow seasons don't even accommodate that. I need yeah. to grow autoflowers because I don't have a long enough time for flowering cycles to run. Oh, okay. It's just not a possibility for me where I am. But I also can compete in the Arctic Winter Games because we fall in the low, our town is the lowest parallel for the northern region of oh, Alberta okay. for Arctic Winter Games. Oh, okay. I'm north. Like, I'm very far north in comparison to the Toronto and oh, other yeah. areas, right? So, other than growers, Indica sativa and I should say growers and bud structure. Yes. Indica and sativa shouldn't really make much of a difference on your purchase decision. Yes, so basically at the end of the day, you could have a sativa hybrid, but experience what somebody would consider indica effects, right? So really there's no point of describing it that way. We, uh, we can just circle back to Cold Creek Kush. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like you, just looking at the genetics structure on the Cold Creek Kush from Redican versus the Cold Creek Kush from Vertical. So then how do you think, how do you think, or what do you think the path is that uh, the industry needs to take to try and get away from that? Because it seems like it's, it's so ingrained in the culture. I would, what, what we should be looking at is major effect to major terpene. Linalol has this effect. Transcarifeline has this effect. Bizabalol has this effect. Neraldolol has this effect. Linalol has this effect. Okay. And then guess what? Top three terpenes are described, and that right on it, it's terpene described effect. So uh, if you have, let's go um, pinning. It's typically more mental clearing, uplifting, some yep. body support, but typically it's more cerebral and cl and almost clearing, clarifying kind of an effect is a good way to describe it. It just helps mellow out the euphoria and everything else, your memories, a little bit more protected with that panine. Lemonine, a little bit more uplifting, energetic, get stuff done. And then the beta carefleen is going to give you a little bit more of that body relaxation, ease, some sort of nighttime kind of settling, but not anywhere near as much as like your linalol or stuff like that. Because lavender, the, the yeah. lavender, all of those, um, lilac, all of that is all entwined in there and there are some linalol in that terpene. So, right, it, it has that effect. But if you could have the 
pinene, lemonine, transcarifeline, and you have pinene. Um, mental clarity, lemonine, energetic cerebral uplift, transcarifeline, body and muscle relaxation and ease. Well, I suspect that that's going to give me a kick in the ass and the energy and it's going to help my back feel a little bit better. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that will be a good genetic for me in the afternoon. Oh, that has linalool in it instead of the lemony. Ha, ah, that's my nighttime smoke. Exactly. I would rather, and there are, like, um, what is that company? There is a dispensary that is based out of um, BC. Oh, I'm having a brain fart on what, they, what they're called. Um, but they do do that type of promotion. On all of their products, they have their three descriptions that correlate with the terpenes. Was it? Oh, okay. I was, gonna, it, I was thinking BC Black, but maybe not. No, no, no. It's a, it's a dispensary. It's a oh, small okay, dispensary. Okay. They, um, I, get, I get to see them all the time because I go and I shoot in one of the communities they're based out of. Um, but I cannot remember... I cannot remember for the for the life of me. They're, they've got shops in Invermere. They're are a small local dispensary, but I'll make sure to, to tag them in the description Absolutely, for this one because yeah. that type of showcase and experience is exactly what we need in the industry and support for consumer this consumer side, right? And I and I think that's one of the issues too. Is as a consumer, you kind of got to figure all that stuff out for yourself. Absolutely. You know, and um, what, I, what I've started to notice too, I don't know if it's a trend or not, but I notice a lot of LPs now are starting to put more information on the packaging, where before you would only get the, uh, the THC and the CBD percentage, but now what some uh, LPs are doing is they're putting terpene percentage, what the top terpenes are in the product. Um, but there's even some other LPs that are going even further and they're putting like the growing method, how many yep. weeks it was dried, like what are the different methods was used in growing and, and I think that's great and I think the more information an LP can put on their product to give to the consumer, the better chance they're going to actually sell their product because the more informed the consumer is about a product, the better chance they're actually going to purchase it. 1000% and that's something that like I'm, I'm proud as Alberta. Natural History was one of the first companies to put terpene percentages on. Okay. Distinct is one of the best companies for packaging for the back of the bags, providing full information on it. Okay. Full information on it. The growth style, everything. Like just overall, and that information is absolutely needed. And it seems to be kind of the focus of our conversation is we need to give access to the industry and new consumers as a whole to be able to educate themselves. And having your journal is a huge first step for them to educate themselves on the products and the stuff that they like and how it affects them. And then going the next step into like my reviews and the Canada Reps Collector's Cup and stuff along those lines yeah. that just provide the transition from the, okay, cannabis can do something for me to the appreciation of the pet plant as a whole yeah and I absolutely agree with you we need more of these educational resources out there as, as a whole and just available for everyone in the industry but we're getting we're over that hour marker uh, okay and uh, I'll give you a chance to kind of put in your last word and kind of your the the final points here before we wrap this one up because 
I am going to head over into Rogers Centre and watch a baseball game in a little bit. So we we got to wrap this one up before we go do that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Trevor, for having me on. You know, I, I, we had a great conversation. And um, so if anybody is interested in grabbing a cannabis experience journal, it's, a, it's available on Amazon. There's a link on my social media. Um, it's also available at the Green Merchant locations. And it's also available at Cannabis Hut Coxwell. Um, you know, the Cannabis Experience Journal can help you with your cannabis goals and your cannabis journey, figure out what works for you. It can be used for any product and basically whatever your goal is, if you're using for recreational purposes, medicinal purposes, if you're an enthusiast, um, this is the product for you. Oh, absolutely. And we'll be sure to uh, link everything down below so that they can get it right off of this podcast, too, because we want to support uh, fellow people in the industry that are doing just what I'm doing, the education and that encouraging support for newcomers and the old breed in the industry, because we've got plenty of both. <laughs> but with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap up the uh, first of many podcasts I'll be recording while I'm here in Toronto. Look forward to check out the Elevate Conference after we go and watch a baseball game. But with that being said, cheers, y'all, and we will see you in the next one.